0: we we go. I plead the fifth. All right. Kim, you ready? Everybody ready? Okay. You got to put that it's professional right ready to on. How long is this? It will depend. Okay. Don't ask
1: me
2: first. I'm not going to... Look, this is why you can't interview some... T- you shouldn't <laughs> have chose me. And- I... D- you-, <sighs> you know what? Bye-bye. When spring and summer are in full swing, parks and recreations, pools, sports programs, and recreation centers are buzzing with children. It's arguably the busiest time of the year, and from start to finish, these programs serve thousands of children across the city. For many children, our sports... Aquatics, recreation, and summer camp programs serve as important outlets and have become staples in communities across the Richmond area. But when COVID forced the cancellation of sports programs, the closure of pools, and the cancellation of recreation and summer camp programming, trying to still serve the kids in our communities presented a new challenge. On this episode of The People Behind the Story, we talk to Kimberly Morgan, Melanie Ramos, and Gerard Booker, heads of our sports, recreation, and aquatics divisions, to discuss how they're getting creative serving during a pandemic, what challenges they're facing, and what lies ahead.
3: Hi.
2: Hey. Hi. Anybody nervous?
3: Are we starting?
2: Yeah, we've started. <laughs> we, 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 we've started,
0: I think. Maybe a little. Just a little? Yeah.
2: No?
3: I no. think I'm good. I
0: think
2: everybody's gonna be okay. We trust you. I'm not gonna release any audio tapes to the public. Let's <laughs> say stuff you shouldn't have said. Maybe. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, All right, before we get started, would everyone like to introduce themselves? Yeah, yes. Of course.
3: Oh, well, it looks like I'm going to be starting. We're having the chivalry. Ladies first. Okay.
0: okay. Ladies first. I'll go. I'm Melanie Ramos, Program Services Supervisor for the Department of Parks, Recreation, and Community Facilities.
1: Kim Morgan, Recreation Services Supervisor for Parks, Recreation, and Community Center Facilities um,
3: in the Athletic Division. And I'm Gerard Booker, um, Recreation Services Supervisor for Aquatics for the City of Richmond.
2: And you guys know who I am. No, no let us know. please tell us. <laughs> I do that in an intro. What? Yes, I even have an intro. i like special.
0: Ah. I'm all intrigued now.
2: <laughs> all right, so we are here and we are talking about um, COVID and how COVID has had us make significant changes to how we typically run recreation and sports and the aquatics division. So we're going to go back to March of this year when we were all ordered to quarantine. What were your initial thoughts? Because you were coming on the end of basketball season. You were in preparation for summer camp and you were in preparation for...
3: Well, my kids were getting ready for Junior Olympics, um, also known as champs now. So we had kids on the road on the way out there to Blacksburg, on the way to Northern Virginia so they can compete and have a chance of making it to Junior Olympics. So when I got the word from um, Ray that we had to pull them back in, that broke a lot of hearts. So, (laughs) but yeah.
2: Kim?
1: Yes, we were um, a week prior to getting ready to have the championship basketball games after having wonderful semifinals, and everyone was definitely ready for championships. And um, it was like, "Mm, we're going to have to put this on hold for a little bit. And my initial thought was maybe probably like two weeks or so because in my mind I thought we were going to still have these games. But here we are in September, (laughs) and we did not have them.
0: (laughs) Melanie? So I guess... A little bit of what Kim has just said. Of course, you know, my community center staff is who facilitate and coach and help with the athletic program. So here they have these kids thinking they're going to the championships, and now they can't go. And with that, you know, we also have staff that was preparing full throttle ahead with what is summer going to look like setting up, you know, interviews with vendors and contractors and just planning their hearts out because they want to get a head start on summer planning. Did you think,
2: like, Kim, we would be out maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks tops, and then we would be back? Did you ever think that we would be in a position where summer camp would absolutely not happen?
0: I don't think that that harsh reality hit until... Probably the middle of May, you know, when those numbers really started to increase (laughs) and, like, states are on complete shutdown and other countries are in complete shutdown, although we never made it there, you know, to not be aware of what was going on wouldn't have been smart, right? But, again, it wasn't until the middle of May that it was like, yeah, this isn't happening.
2: Now for all three of you all you run divisions that summer is arguably the biggest time <laughs> of the year and the business model for this part of our department is in person and it's personal and we are surrounded by kids and families and communities what when the realization hit that yeah summer's done what was that like and how did you you know how did you reconcile that with especially for you all, you've been in the department long enough to know how the seasons of recreation go. How did you reconcile yourself with the fact that, yeah, this is just not going to happen?
1: It was very difficult um, on the athletic side. Um, Just the thought of possibly going into the summer, not having fall football. And we know that that is one of our biggest sports. Um, But in the summer, we had to be creative um, we tried pop-up camps tennis and soccer which worked out really well our numbers of course we had to like be at bare bare minimum but we did have some participation and we were able to get some things off of the ground so that was some hope <laughs> in itself to help us move forward with things that we are
3: currently doing now with well, me in aquatics <clears throat> excuse me it was uh, that was. To, to put the brakes on the way we had to put the brakes on, especially going into the summer, um, it was tough because in the summertime, everybody's thinking about pools and water and getting wet and learning to swim and doing all of those things. So when we made the decision that we wouldn't be opening the outdoor pools, we already took away um, something from certain communities. Um, we have kids that show up to our facilities every single day. Sometimes before the staff get there, and they leave after the staff leave in the evening time because they love the water that much. So when we made the decision decision that we wouldn't be opening anymore, um, we had to get creative. We had to. We just had to approach it from a different way, um, and that allowed us to to really think outside the box. So whereas we would have had citywide free swim lessons, we still had citywide free swim lessons, but we condensed them to our Bell Mead location, and we turned Bell Mead into swim lessons only. And people who wanted to come in for lap swimming, we turned Swansboro pool into lap swim only, and registration processing, trying to get the information out to people. And it, it was tough. Um, Now, I think that everything is running a little bit more um, smoothly, but it was tough those beginning days.
2: Recreation had to go into doing things that were not unfamiliar, but untraditional to them. What was it like trying to refocus, get them to refocus from summer camp to working in the parks, passing out food, working with the computers?
0: I think ultimately what happened was we realized that we're still being a service to our community. And whatever capacity that meant that we had to now maneuver, that's what we were ultimately doing. It wasn't our traditional way of servicing our community and our citizens and engaging them, but we were still out there. We were still ever present. We were there. So I think that helped a great deal. and then, even with placing staff in other ent- entities of our agency, we were still being beneficial to the citizens of Richmond. Mm-hmm. You know, because now we are um, increasing the amount of staff that's in our maintenance um, on our maintenance side. So now we're able to get more things done. We're getting them done more quickly, uh, more efficient, probably because we have more people that's able to. You know, go here and there, opposed to spreading, then the folks that we did have originally. So um, it just goes back to we were still there for our community. Kim,
2: you and I both worked with passing out food, computer distribution. Was that a hard pivot? to do something completely different? Literally being thrown in saying, "All right, this is what I need you to do, and it needs to get done, or did you take the mindset of, you know, I'm still being a service to the community?
1: It definitely was not hard to do. Um, And yes, it was the mindset of still providing a service to our citizens. Um, I enjoyed every moment of Everything that I was selected to do, <laughs> um, the river was a great experience. Um, I actually learned and about things that I didn't even know existed. And I've been a resident of Richmond all of my life, um, so it was it gave me an opportunity to learn some new areas of the city. So it was awesome for me um, working with the computer distribution and meeting families and being of service to assist them with issuing the Chromebooks out, and, and, of course, that's a big thing now. And so if they don't know anything else, they definitely know how to log in because <laughs> we know how to make sure of that.
2: Now, we typically stick to our certain divisions in our department. If you're in recreation, you kind of stay to yourself and sports and aquatics. You know, we all kind of co-mingle at some point, but for the most part, we are we retreat to our corners. What was it like to go into parks or go into different parts of the department to help out especially when it's something that you've you know you've never really done before
3: I thought it was pretty cool um myself and my team we got a chance to go directly into James River Park so we were out there at Pony Pastures we were down at Teapot we were down there um by Hollywood Cemetery by Traeger Island and Bales Island and stuff so we got a chance to it was a it was like we were getting paid to have even more fun because every day was like a new adventure. Being able to get on bikes and still make sure that people are out there maintaining social distance, making sure that they're aware of what's going on, making sure that people still see a visible, a visible representation of their city out there in the parks. We met so many different types of people. It got to a point that um, when I would be out there at Pony Pasture, certain days that I wasn't out there, people were like, we missed you the other day because they started um, a associating that face with the city of Richmond. And it was just, every day was like a new adventure. Um, One of my staff people was Lorenzo. He said, hey, have you been out to um, such and such place yet? You got to bike these trails. I promise you, you're going to have a good time. So I just thought that every single day provided us with a new adventure out there.
1: I learned how to run from snakes, too. (laughs) 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 A
0: very important skill. (laughs) And I, and I think with you know Gerard is a people person, he mingles well for the most part. I'm feeding off of his facial. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that in having the initial conversation with staff, hey, we have to do something different now. These are the areas that we have. This is our. These are the things that we're trying to do. Ways that we can help out. Again, be a service to our community. And I think that. We place staff based off of what we know about them, where we know that they would mesh well, who they would interact well with, and what they would and what they're kind of compassionate about. You know, so um, someone who may not be as, doesn't prefer the extroversion. I don't know if sending them to Chrome distribution would have been <laughs> the best smart, thing. yeah, probably not. Right? So they may have been one that monitored the parks, or been on the bus to, you know, hand out um, meals in the neighborhoods. Right? Little interaction, mm-hmm. but still being of service. Was there pushback? I didn't receive much yeah. pushback.
3: I didn't receive any pushback yeah. either. Um, actually. My staff were excited because they were ready to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. And then they yeah. were just like, where are we going to be at? And I said, you're going to be in the parks. Oh, that's different. Right. And then they said, what park? And then I said, hey, you'll be at James River this day. You'll be at Pony Pastures this mm-hmm. day. It's going to be a good time. They enjoyed it tremendously.
0: Now, I will say this. Wherein we didn't necessarily get a lot of pushback, we did get that initial hesitation of, how safe is this going to be? Yes. Right.
3: I will agree with that, too. Right.
0: I uh, agree. And so I think as um, supervisors, we had already figured this thing out. Mm-hmm. Like, what? how can we assure that they would feel safe going out there?
2: Now, as supervisors, even though you all sat behind the scenes to try to figure out what we can do to make sure that our staff is safe, was there still hesitation from you all? Were you, was there still a level of nervousness, like, I'm sending my staff out? And I'm crossing my fingers that nothing happens. Yes. Of course. We
1: were out there as yeah. well, so um, yes, there was yeah. some nervousness, but you know.
0: And yeah. I would say I feel like we were—if—if if you all would agree—I feel like you're, we were probably more in touch and in tune and trying to read through the unspoken words yeah. and mm-hmm. feelings and emotions yes. and kind of coddling them a little more. Right. Mm -hmm. So.
3: But definitely, um, I think that most uh, I knew that on our side that we had everything handled, that we were well planned, Mm -hmm. that we knew that we'd have gloves for people who wanted those. We had masks, that we had vests, that we had all of the resources that we needed Mm -hmm. to be successful. Mm -hmm. So once we were able to present um, our staff people with those things and say, hey, listen, I know this is different for you. It's different for me, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be out there with you. Right. And, and them seeing things. us visibly yes. out there with them, I think that that um, added a lot to the morale of everybody. And it it just went into saying, okay, so we were walking it like we were talking it, literally, mm-hmm. because right. I was getting 20,000 plus steps a day.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, you all not only manage a staff of people, you know, collectively, you are also yourselves personally dealing with the effects of having to manage other people through a global pandemic and you have to lead, but you probably also had your own, you have families that you have to go to home to, you have your own fears and your own concerns. How are you able to manage the fear of your staff while managing the fear that you may have had yourself personally?
0: Meditation, <laughs> prayer, a lot. Mm-hmm. I would say
3: just planning in general. My staff knew that I plan extensively, and I made sure that they knew that whatever resources that they needed, we would do our best to acquire mm-hmm. those for them. So if they said that they wanted face masks, if they said that they wanted um, sneeze guards, if they said that they wanted this, if they said that they wanted that, as long as we could justify it, I made sure that we went out and we acquired those things. I also made it clear to them that I don't have as much interaction with the public. So when I go into the office, I literally go into the door and go into my office. So I don't see that many people. But my people, they were out there. They were doing swim lessons. They were still taking temperatures for people. They were really you know, coming face to face with people, especially during swim lessons, um, because that's It can be less contact, but that does have some contact, so they're physically contacting people. So I just wanted to make sure that they were um, safe and that they felt comfortable. And i also let them know that if they did not feel comfortable doing something, I would not force them to do anything they didn't feel comfortable um, doing. And if I needed to be out there to assist them in teaching lessons, if they needed to visibly see me in the pool or on the deck or anywhere, I was there for them.
2: Now, you know, if you look at the news, I honestly try not to look at it too too much to be super consumed with it. But a lot of businesses and industries have recently come out to say that in the wake of COVID, they've seen a lot of business practices and policies and procedures that they have had in place for years don't necessarily work in the context of a global pandemic and may not work, you know, once we are through everything. Did you all see anything overall with the department that may not necessarily work? And did you see anything in your specific divisions that don't work? Did it highlight anything that you're thinking twice about now?
3: Departmentally, I'd say the way we engage the public. Um, shifted, the way we get information out, the way that we um, help people know what's going on in their city, the way that we direct them to go to Facebook, to go to Instagram, to check your emails, to get that type of information out, to let them know that, hey, we're still here to serve you, but in order for us to serve you or you to come to a facility, you're going to have to go online and you're going to have to register online now. And we know that some of our um, elderly or the geriatrics or the older people they might have issue with that and getting the information to them saying hey yes we are going to be doing everything online now but if you don't have access to that resource you can still come in person and we'll have somebody or you can call and we'll have somebody walk you through step by step Mm -hmm. I think that um it shined a greater light on how much more information we need to get out there to the people um, and
0: in a different way, be and creative and creative in our ways of getting the information out. Yeah. <laughs> because that pulled that to your point that that's what we ended up having to do. Mm-hmm. Because we're not in the centers anymore for you to just walk up and see a flyer that we've printed and posted, mm-hmm. or we tell you, hey, did you see the flyer that we posted? Mm-hmm. Now we had to be very creative in how we were getting the information out and how we were helping people register. Um, especially those who are used to coming in and filling out that paper while we, you know. So that was a good point, Gerard.
3: I appreciate it. <laughs> the other thing, specifically <laughs> for aquatics, I don't know if you all know, but saving people's lives is a contact sport.
2: Yes, so. yes. I didn't know. I can't stick so, like a stick out and say grab it. I you know
3: that, you know, our accrediting body is the um, American Red Cross. So we use American Red Cross standards across the board for aquatics. Um, so that is definitely being face-to-face with people, whether you're having to apply AED, if you're having to do um, CPR on a person, that's mouth-to-mouth contact almost. Yeah. So making sure that people, in the word that everyone knows now, um, um, personal protective equipment, also known as PPE, mm-hmm. making sure that we had those things, and then... Um, the Red Cross had to abridge quite a few rescues um, from the way you approach people, from the way you interact with people, how we do this. how um, With the bag valve mask or a BVM, that's usually a two-people situation. The Red Cross had to abridge that to say, hey, we're going to change this to a one-person situation. Mm-hmm. Approaching a, um, a victim for the front used to be um, a good idea, but now we had to revert to pre- Ways that back in my day, (laughs) like back in my day, but seriously, we had to revert some of our rescues back to how we were doing 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. So those types of things kind of blew up the aquatic spot a little bit and I was nervous and I was concerned and a whole lot of us were nervous and concerned um, when it comes to training. How are we gonna teach people how to save each other's lives if we don't have a person for them to use to practice on. Right. right. So it, overall, it just, it was a bummer.
0: So <laughs> can I ask him a question? Yeah, yes, of questions. course. Would you say that the Red Cross had, the, when you said they abridged some of the, the practices to um, accommodate this new pan, this this pandemic, would you say that they pulled out Old comprehensive plans from back in your day?
3: I would say they did.
0: It was something that was already something written. Something
3: that was already written, something that if you've been around for a while, you are already familiar with. I think they did a good job with that. But I can tell you, much like the rest of the world, the Red Cross was caught with their pants down. Okay. But they did, um, in the, especially in those initial days, because it was confusing in March and April and yes. May. It's just like, how do we adapt to mm-hmm. this? So finally, after compiling the information, from the CDC and the World Health Organization and all of these other people with all the big dollars <laughs> they were able to come up with that comprehensive plan that just made sense for everybody okay
2: decision was made, um, I guess late June, or mid to late June, that recreation would do pop-ups at the community centers. Mm-hmm. How well received was that from the community? Was it welcomed? Were parents still very apprehensive about sending their kids out? What did the staff think about it?
0: Okay. So this goes back to assuring staff that we would provide them with the, the proper PPE um, to ensure their safety. Um, based off of the attendance with pop-ups, people were really apprehensive on sending their kids. You know, throughout the city on any given day, if we have 50 total kids out at our centers, and how many centers ran the so pop- we did eighteen of our community centers, and we added Westwood Playground. Okay, yeah, um, we had out of the nineteen, we had four that didn't see anyone all summer. Wow, and you're talking about this year with the USDA summer meals for kids. They even had—I um, don't know if you call it the approval or the contract or how you would um, how it's classified—but you could pick your meals up and go, so a grab-and-go type concept.
2: Mm-hmm. Didn't even have that.
0: Wow. At four of the four of those four locations, we didn't even have folks to grab and go. Where in another location, the the participant—not participants—the citizens may not have stayed but they showed up to get meals to go, as well as um, we created um, camp-in-a-box kits, and so all of the craft kits were individually wrapped.
2: Yes, I know packaged, about that. Right? We packed some.
0: Yes, well, thank you. We appreciate <laughs> we your packed, help and support. We appreciate yes, that. we did. Tag is a, it's a team effort. Um, and so at one location, they probably handed out 160 in the month of August alone, of craft kits. Because the kids got into the rotation, okay, I'm gonna go get me a meal, I'm gonna grab me a craft kit. And so daily they were showing up to get, you know, um, craft kits to do at home. But I think we provided a service. But I think that our citizens were a little scared.
2: What do you do in a situation like that? And I know that the centers are going to have pop-ups in the fall. What do you do to assure them that we're doing everything that we possibly can to make sure that not only our staff is safe, but the community is safe to get more, more kids to come?
0: So having done it from July through August, right, so we've seen a success in a a sense. We haven't had any um, test positive staff nor reported participants. Um, We were taking temperatures daily of the staff and participants. So pretty much I would say everybody was safe, right? Everyone has reportedly been healthy. And so we just keep doing and doing and doing. You know, if we keep doing what we've we've been doing that has shown to be um, successful, Then eventually, folks will be like, Well, I know that Gerard went and he was okay, and Kim went and she's been okay, so maybe we'll try it.
3: And to piggyback off of that, I agree with that. I think that the people just have to see. Um, The greatest complaint that I received was that my facilities were too safe. People um, taking place and coming back for swim practice, they were just like, oh my goodness, can you just loosen up a little bit? Mm -hmm. But we were so rigid and we were so absolutely not. This is the way it's going to go and keeping everybody safe. And like she said, it was a success. We haven't had any positive um, tests come back for any of our um, employees as well as any of the um, citizens and participants that come to the program. And... Again, I'd rather them say you're way too tough or this is way too strict or this right here in the third other than you come in, somebody gets sick or something happens and then we're in the whole world of trouble. Mm -hmm. I I agree with Melanie and Gerard.
1: Um, Actually showing the citizens just how we're practicing this safety made them have some comfort. It made me have some comfort. Um, I'm sure it made the rest of our staff a lot more comfortable And, and the athletics moving forward and feeling comfortable to do other things. The summer was the practice run, and um, with the participants feeling safe, the parents feeling safe, it made us feel more comfortable to move forward to do other things. Um, and just being able to answer questions of the parents gives them that comfort, because they're gonna ask, what are you gonna do um, to make sure that match out is safe? And when you can run it down and you can show it to them, They buy into it, you make them feel comfortable, and then, you know, they trust and believe you, so.
2: Now, for all the adjustments that have had to, that have had to be made to accommodate for the situation that we're in, are some of the things that you all are doing things that are going to stay post-COVID, or are we just going to kind of go back to regular business?
3: Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Let me tell you all. Um, something for aquatics that's going to stay in place after um, we get out of COVID is online registration. Yes. Although it's been a headache for some people, it has been a life-saving tool for us. Because having the ability to say, hey, I don't have you on here. Did you register? Are you this? right?" Just being able to to have that information ahead of time is just so much better when it comes to um, planning Mm -hmm. out. So now we have actual times that people can go to Swansboro for lap swimming. I can physically go into the computer and say, hey, we're going to have 18 people in the building during this time. Mm -hmm. or And I know this information sometimes weeks and days and nights before. So say I have somebody call out or say something. It's just it makes life a lot easier to navigate when you're trying to support virtual learning, when you're trying to support kids who are still in high school, when you're trying to do all of those different things. Mm -hmm. So online registration will be here to stay. You You, heard it here first. Although
2: we've always had it. Everyone's using it, yes. Another good point.
3: We've always had it, but I think that um, we downplayed the citizens. Yes. The citizens certainly arrived and showed us, hey, is this what we got to do to come in? Yes. Let's get it done. Absolutely, I
0: agree. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> online registration is here to stay. The board am glad. Mary, online
3: it registration, was... online payments, all of that good stuff. I don't have to. Oh, I can't say that. We have to get. <laughs> I'm sorry, your card didn't go through. <laughs> right. You, you can, <laughs> can. You just read the words. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: What are some of the positives that have come out of this whole situation?
3: U-N-I-T-Y
2: Oh, Oh, look, we're all on the same page.
3: U-N-I-T-Y is all we need. (laughs) But um, no, seriously, (laughs) I think um, unity is one of the biggest things that we have... gotten out of this situation. The way that we've all been able to come together, unite with a um, fortified front to push through and keep providing these services that um, a lot of people find essential. Mm -hmm. Um, Since July, I've had 1,987 City of Richmond residents come through the doors of my facilities. I know that number because I appreciate each and every last one of them. Mm -hmm. So I think unity, getting to know people, experiencing things that we would not have normally done, Mm -hmm. literally behind the desk in the office. Mm -hmm. So um, that sense of unity and pride amongst the the organization.
2: Yes,
1: being open-minded to (laughs) do different things that was not our norm to do everyday. You know, athletics is my norm, but... James River Park wasn't, <laughs> but I was hoping <laughs> man to do that. Um, yeah. Working on the buses, delivering meals with RPS, that's something that I would normally never, ever have done. But it was exciting, just like Gerard said, to be able to help in other areas, just to help wherever you were needed without any pushback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: I wholeheartedly concur. <laughs> I wholeheartedly see? concur with um, Gerard's, you know. See, we're and right stay, here.
2: Do you think the unity, the stepping outside of our own individual corners is something that is going to stay post-COVID? Yes. I yes. think
0: so. I hope so. Because, you know, you talk about, um, you know, Dave mentioned working in the parks and she's mentioned working with RPS. And then you're talking about all the community center staff that has had to serve in different capacities. And, like, folks that wouldn't ordinarily have to have a conversation with each other because Mm -hmm. they're not around each Mm -hmm. other, they've now had to do that. Um, I've seen a shift in administration Mm -hmm. as far as them being more present and out there and showing their face and making sure that you understand that we appreciate, you know, what you're doing. Because, you know, because at the end of the day... (laughs) Although it's our job to show up, a lot of folks are still showing up with smiles on their faces. How can they help? And showing their compassion and stuff like that, even though we're limited in what we can provide. So I think I think that's all very important. And that unity word is, has stuck with me, <laughs> yeah, it It yeah. is truly, truly stuck. I mean, I've had conversations with people that I didn't even know other than when you go to type somebody else's and name the and the email address partner's <laughs> yes. pop up yes. and you like who is this we're <laughs> like oh, oh now I know yes yeah, so. and i know what you do and i know how it, it definitely yes. you just got to see the
3: many different faces yeah. of a, um, yes. of the department you get to put a face to the name yeah. um out there at in the parks i got to meet Jerry he does boxing and stuff like oh. that and getting to know him and how he's into um Restoring cars, and his mm-hmm. son is about mm-hmm. to go pro in boxing.
2: Mm-hmm. Is he would, really? Yes. Yes. What? I, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Okay, let okay. me put
3: it on stuff. Side, side, side conversation. But had I not been in the parks, I wouldn't have known that. Right. I mean, I also had of possibly seeing it on the news, but right. I, I wouldn't have known that. So I just think it's cool.
2: Does this? Does it feel like I don't know? A rejuvenation of our department. I personally feel that way. Kind of like coming to work every day, doing the same thing over and over again, and then this happened and being thrown into different things. It just I don't know. Seems kind of new.
3: It shook it up a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely a shook It shook it up to learn new things. Yeah. You
0: know, yeah. it's
1: really good. And speaking on the community center side, and and Mel, now I want to take the spotlight off of off of you, but I'm gonna say this: like we. They've had people that went to the maintenance as and I'm talking about females that have learned to drive these tractors.
2: Tierra put a these, video up of her cutting grass. cutting grass. I'm like, yes. Excuse me. So shout
3: out to them. <laughs> so. you know, I just connected some dots. One of my staff people approached me the other day, asking about how they could to go out there and do maintenance work. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I think that's only under special circumstance. <laughs>
2: so
3: uh, I, I had to inquire a little bit more about that now. Mm-hmm. See, yeah,
1: we, we learn all
3: yeah. this. this is, we learn all of these different things that the department has to offer. And again, what they say, you're either going to land on your feet or you're going to fall flat. I think a lot of us landed on our feet yeah. and we continue to stand tall and move forward.
2: it was so, Of course, there's no there was no playbook on how, and there still is really no playbook on how we should operate, what we should do, what decisions that need to be made. We do have other rec municipalities around us, Chesterfield County, Henrico, Dinwiddie, all those. Um, Were there any ideas or anything that you took um, from, I would exclude Chesterfield because I know they furloughed (laughs) staff, so I would exclude Chesterfield from, from that list, but is there anything that you took From any other municipality around us that was still functioning in some way? Or do you feel like we kind of set the pace and the trend of, of what to do?
3: I think, speaking for aquatics, I think that we set a trend, or a lot of people leaned on. Um, me for my leadership to see what was the city going to do. Would we, would we be opening outdoor pools? Mm-hmm. If we did, what does that look like? Or have you been in contact with your health department? Or what does... So I feel as though a lot of people leaned on me um, to see what we were doing or see what I was doing with the city of Richmond, um, and we just moving, and then we just kind of sort of shared ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, um, initially, we thought about opening some of the outdoor pools, but we had to confirm with some of the local agencies and other bodies in the area saying, hey, keeping social distancing at these outdoor pools is impossible. Yeah. We were just like, oh, well, good to know. We won't be opening our
1: facilities. <laughs> <presents." laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think just kind of looking at what, what other people were doing, and not that we really took from what they were doing, but it gave us a little idea of how we needed to move forward. And I think the department has done a wonderful job in helping us um, with guidance on a lot of things. And I think we all took the initiative to just take that path of and, and do it right, and and be you know mindful of what we were doing, and you know keeping safety as our number one priority. So yeah.
0: I would agree with my colleagues. <laughs> and I would also add that I think that as leaders, right, on our leadership levels, we took the initiative to research other agencies, whether it was, you know, right here in our metropolitan area or, you know, in the, the neighboring state, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then bringing that back to the table, bringing the information back, I think it gave our director... And our administrative team, let me go with that. Um, Things to run with. Mm -hmm. Helpful tips and ideas to make crucial decisions. Um, While, you know, like you said, you learn that it's hard to social distance if your pool is outside. So, yeah. (laughs) That was easy. You know, so I think all of those things, I think everybody played their part. And I think that playing their part relaying the information and getting concrete information, not just tweaking it because this is how we think it should look, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of helped in helping us where we are. Right. Because I really think that we've done an amazing job to not mm-hmm. have a, a co-op management plan. Is that what we're <laughs> going with? Co-op emergency management.
3: Plan. Sounds good to me. Sounds
0: good. I like that. that. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. I, th- I think that we've done pretty good.
2: So, a 100 years from now, oh, okay. none of us are here.
0: I'm here. Yeah, I'm You're
2: here? Are you still about, here? Y'all still here? Oh, wait a yeah. minute. The in science
3: are <laughs> making these days.
0: And yeah. come on. And, and, I eat and I'll, be right, I'll be
2: sitting right, right here,
3: here 100
0: years 100 from now. Years from now
1: doing this again.
0: Um, All right. Elsa Bray.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um Another frozen <laughs> G- global pandemic has swept the go- globe. Um, what advice? Have you left for that person that is in your position right now? Well, oh, then, a hundred years, hundred, hundred years yeah. from now. Oh, the hundred. The year from now. Yes. Programs. playbook that playbook oh we didn't have a
3: playbook don't you
2: all didn't have a playbook are we leaving a playbook i'll
3: leave don't be afraid to make hard decisions yes. don't be That's afraid to make the unpopular decision mm-hmm. yes everybody wants to swim everyone wants to play football everybody wants to go to summer camp but don't be afraid to say hey listen We want your kids and we want you all to have these things. But at this moment, we are not prepared to do it. Mm -hmm. And it'll be a disservice to you for us to open up and then someone gets sick. And we don't want to do that. So don't be afraid to make those hard decisions. I
0: like that. Again, I wholeheartedly concur. <laughs>
2: and I
3: put that on the,
0: whole, she gonna sell some merch, right? I wholeheartedly,
2: I wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly concur. I yes. Well, with Kim, Gerard. with Gerard, they oh, gotta put that. Right. That's better be on the back.
1: With Gerard on the back.
2: Yeah, Kim, Melanie, Gerard, Mike. I appreciate you guys joining me today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for Thank having you, us. Shane this is a wonderful wonderful awesome. conversation. Thank you. Thank okay. you guys.